Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring. It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs, you got to shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together, and somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. Welcome to the Spiritual Smackdown Podcast. This is for the wild woman ready to rise. The woman ready to up-level her game in soul-driven business and elevate to the next level of her being. This podcast is going to connect you with women who are out in the world having a massive impact. This podcast is going to call on your truth. This podcast is going to initiate massive breakthroughs in your life and business to bust through the limits that are keeping you stuck exactly where you are right now. We're going deeper than surface level. We're going to the depths of healing to trigger your revolution. We're tapping into the struggles of growing and operating six-figure businesses, being totally broke and then rising to riches. We're diving into the spiritual growth, getting clear on what you want, learning how to ask for it, owning your worth, gaining confidence, and becoming a total queen of pleasure to raise your vibe and magnetize your reality. We're teaching you how to get strategically aligned in your business and challenging you to strip your business of all the weighted shoulds. And then we're going to watch your bank account start growing with more ease than ever before. So welcome to this space, a space for you to finally understand and celebrate that where you are right now is the perfect place to rise. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes, fill your cup with coffee or wine, and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Hello, wild women. Welcome back to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast for the wild woman ready to rise. If you tuned in last week, you know that Robin and I have a treat in store for you again this week. For three weeks, we are giving you the insider scoop. We are connecting you to some of the work that we did in Radicalize Your Life, where we were talking radicalizing your vision, your relationships, your leadership. So today, we're diving into this podcast episode all about relationships, how to radicalize your relationship, how to empower yourself within your relationship, how to accept and receive pleasure. We're diving into sensuality, human design for your relationship, how you're designed to give love, to receive love, to communicate. We cover it all in this juicy episode. And 
if you guys have been following along for long, you know that, man, for Robin and I, it's our relationships that are our biggest expanders, where we have the hardest conversations, where we really show up to do the work, to really grow as women, as leaders, as mamas. Our lessons really seem to come through within our relationships, and we're diving in and giving it all to you in this episode. And before you dive in, before you dive into this week's episode, before you dive into all this relationship juiciness, we've got something else in store for you. Next week, we are launching Live Your Legacy. Live Your Legacy. It's about living it, living it today, choosing it in this moment. Not about leaving that legacy, living it, living from a place that's fully turned on in your womanhood, in your desires, in your wealthy mind. We're covering all of it in Live Your Legacy, which is a free four-day course, a free four-day course we are bringing to you, our listeners, our community, our soul sisters. So if you want in, if you want in for the free four-day course, hit us up. Send us a DM on Instagram and we will send you the link to invite you in. But for now, get ready to radicalize your relationship. When I radicalized my relationship, you guys, when I made these choices, these pivots, these like pivotal moments and decisions in my relationship, it rippled everywhere. So it rippled into my business. It rippled into my mothering. It rippled into my leadership. So relationship story. I'm going to share two things with you today because they intertwine. And this is what I believe really radicalized my relationship. And you guys, we know, unless you're new here, you know that there's been ups and downs in my marriage. You know that this is the place that I, like, I'm called to really grow and expand within my marriage. This is where my triggers show up. This is where I have the soul work to go through, to work through. It's a constant, you know, never ending expansion, growth, tapping into deeper level desires. All of it really comes within my relationship. And the two things that we're going to dive in today, the two big things that radicalized were... One, well, this is not going to be a surprise, human design. Let's go human design first. Human design. When my husband and I started to integrate human design into our marriage, so first it was me learning my human design, embodying my human design, and then sharing it with him, and then him understanding his own human design. And for us to be able to like understand our human design together, understanding that we operate differently. We operate differently at an energetic level. He's a Manny Jen. I'm a projector, so wildly different energies where a lot of the places where he is open, I'm defined because I have eight defined energy centers. So we just really started to understand how we operate. We understand how we're both aligned to make decisions. We understand that as both emotional authorities, there's going to be a lot of fire, how we can best support each other through the emotional waves. I've joked about this on trainings before, but I was like, oh, human design probably prevented me from divorce in multiple ways. And like one simple one being is that I understand as a Manny Jen and his sacral, he really responds well to yes, no questions. Okay. He really responds well to yes, no questions. So the biggest thing that we don't fight about anymore is dinner. 
Because I used to get so frustrated when I'd be like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And he'd be like, I don't know. Do you want to go out? I don't know. But like all these things. And I'd be like, can't you just freaking make a decision? Well, now I'm like, ooh, now I know if I ask you a yes or no question, he can actually respond to that. And he like feels that in an instant. Do you want tacos? Uh-huh. You know, do you want to go for sushi? Uh, no. Uh, do you want pizza? Uh, no. Like all of the things. And I mean, I think it's funny that I always use this example, but, but that's like the tiniest thing. Understanding like the gift of human design in our relationship has also led us to like how to really fully support each other, how to really love each other. And, and when I say like love each other, I mean, so that our, each of our needs are met. So that we're each allowed to be who we are within our marriage, that it's like, oh, he gets to be him fully expressed in alignment with his vision. I get to be me fully expressed in alignment with my vision. There's neither one of us have to dull our, dull ourselves down. Neither one of us has to dim our light. Neither one of us, like one isn't right and one isn't wrong. we just truly understand that we're both different and we use this all the time. We use this all the time when we come back to it, we come back to it. We can like, you know, pinpoint for each other when something's like off, when something's out of alignment. So my husband, like another great example, he's a Manny Jen. His strategy is to respond and inform. And oftentimes I'll just give him that like little nudge. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, this is feeling based emotional authority. This is what doesn't feel good for me. Just this like little nudge, you know, if that informing piece was there, like would have felt amazing you know, and then we just really honor each other's processes, how we operate. And then the second thing in conjunction with this, and this is a lesson I learned back in my spiritual smackdown day that I carried with me. And that's you guys, this is a lesson that's for sure within my marriage, but also within my parenting, also within my business. This is a lesson that's carried over, but I first truly learned it in my marriage is that it's not about me. As human beings, we tend to make everything about us. We're pretty, when we come to think about it, we're pretty like self-inwardly focused. We think like, oh, this happened. It must mean that they think this or that it must feel this about me. Or we're the star in our own movie, right? We're the star in our own movie. movie. So we always think it's about us because we play the leading role in our lives. But it's not. When we can really sink into understanding it's not about us. Like, oh, my husband... I mean, my husband travels a crazy amount, you know, for, for his business. I could choose that to like mean something about me. Oh my God, he doesn't want to be home. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and in fact, this actually happened. This is like a really great example through COVID. About a year ago, my husband was like, I wish I was home more. I wish, wish I was with you guys more. And I was like, oh my gosh, literally said to him like, I don't think that would work. Like we really thrive on our on our space. And right now, like he's been home for five months, six months, whatever it's been. And I've actually felt never, like I've never felt as supported in my life, in my marriage. So really like taking this to like, oh, like we each get to be who we are. We each get to be ourselves because of human design and our understanding of human design. And then we recognize the choices that we each make, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make, the choice that we make in alignment with our human design are for us. And when one of us is lit up, when one of us is stepping into our power, when one of us is in alignment with our vision, it ripples into our whole family as well. So we're not you know, we're not tiptoeing around things. We're like, oh, well, I'm not going to do this because it might make that person feel this because we both have this deep understanding that we both get to be who we are, to not take things personally, to understand it's not about us. 
It's about their energy. It's where they're at right now. They get to move through their own process. This has been such an incredible gift. This is the thing with human design. It's literally the roadmap, the operation manual, the blueprint that shows us how we're designed to communicate, how we're designed to make decisions, how we're designed, you know, to ride through emotional waves, how we're all uniquely different. And the thing is, I've worked with a lot of people through healing in the relationships. I've worked through a lot of people through experiences with infidelity. I've worked with a lot of people who are, I don't really know how to say this. I tend to work, I've worked with a lot of women who, as they've been on a journey of growth, as they've been diving deeper into their soul work and spirituality, they feel like they're growing apart from their partner. So I've worked with a lot of women who are just really trying to understand themselves better, understand their partners better. And human design is such an incredible tool and gift to bring awareness to the different parts of who we are. So we're going to evolve and we're going to grow within our relationships. Human design is such a powerful tool to allow each person to be on their own path, their own journey. They're knowing that we're all here for having different lessons, different aspects of our journey. Can we allow each other to be who we're designed to be within our relationship, within our partnership? Or do we choose moments of self-righteousness? Do we choose being right over being happy? Is it okay? for our partner to have their own desires? Do we allow our desires to be expressed? Do we take things personally? Do we take think things are always about us? When we really tap into human design and understand the other person's energy, we can really understand that it's not about us. When we can understand it's not about us, when we can stop taking things personally, when we can understand that the other person, our partner is working through their own healing, their own shit. They're working through their own deconditioning in their open energy centers. They're trying to figure out how to step into their power, whether they are consciously doing the work or not. So sometimes we think, well, they're not even doing the work. They're still here for lessons on their journey, whether they, it might not look the same as yours. They're here doing their own work. So when we can stop thinking everything is about us, you are going to find way more peace and harmony and love within your relationship. That I can guarantee you. When we think our partner should show up in the exact same way as we do, when we think they should have the exact same set of beliefs, when we think that they should give love the same way that we do, when we think they should receive love the same way we do, when we think they should make decisions the same way we do, when we think they should operate, that they should be able to complete tasks the same way we do. We're not allowing them to be who they're designed to be is that people ask me all the time, like, is there a perfect partnership? If I'm a projector, should I be looking for a specific type of partner? If I'm a manning gem, like who's going to really complement my energy? There is not a perfect partnership. There is, this is like human design. There is not right or wrong. There is not good or bad. There is not like, oh, if you pair this with this, like, Sparks are going to fly or it's going to be magic or there's going to be more harmony in your, your relationship. It's all about deep understanding. It's about deep understanding how we're energetically wired. It's about honoring each other's different energies. It's having the awareness, embodying your human design and supporting your partner in their human design.
This story has to do with resentment. And I want to tell this story because it was really this massive shift that happened within me. It didn't even involve any behavioral change, any conversation with my partner. It was just an internal shift that felt so powerful for me. And I want to tell you about this because I know that it's something that so many women and men struggle with. So I want to help you begin to shift this. This completely radicalized me within my relationship, how I feel about my relationship, how I carry myself inside my relationship. So here's the thing. I used to get really resentful. And if you have kids, you feel me. If you have business, you feel me. If you have a job, if you have bills, if you have friends, if you have vacations, if you have alone time, you feel me. Resentment builds up. Okay. And here's the thing that I learned about resentment. And I remember having this like ah, moment. Okay. When I discovered this for myself, resentment has nothing to do with my partner. Resentment has nothing to do with your partner either. Resentment shows up when you aren't taking care of yourself, that you feel like hard done by or cheated on or cheated out of something or upset or overworked or overtired because you are not asking for what you need because you are not showing up for yourself the way that you need to in order to feel full. I know that there are cases that you're like, no, Robin, this is not about me. This is not about me. And if you're feeling that, if this is triggering you, like, no, actually, this is about you. You're like, no, this is not about me. This is about her doing this. This is about him doing that. Then I want you to pause and just take a minute, take a minute to let the layers of the emotions decompress, find the trigger. What is the resentment really about? Well, he did this and I don't get to do that. He goes golfing every week and I don't get to do that. Okay. Let's dissect resentment a little bit because here's what I realized. Everything that I was resentful about was something reflected back at me that I wasn't asking for or showing up a need that I wasn't having met. And then when it was being met for him, I was feeling super resentful. Like, well, your life is so easy. You get to have all this alone time. You get to go golfing. You get to go away for weekends with your friends. You get to do that. The minute I show up and bring this to my partner, he's like, hmm, I asked you to do that. Oh, mm -hmm, yeah, I made a plan and then I followed through with the plan. Oh, mm -hmm, yeah, weekly poker night. Yeah, we like just picked a night of the week and then we just like decided we would have poker night. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do that? Well, because I have to put the kids to bed. Well, because I have work to do. Well, because I can't just go away for the weekend. Why not? I'll put the kids to bed. We can get help for the weekend. You could work less. I could work less. You could put the kids to bed. I could ask you to put the kids to bed. I could go away for a weekend. It would be work. I'd have to be willing. But yeah, oh gosh, yeah, I could go away for a weekend. If I desired it, I could ask for it and go away for a weekend just like you. Here is the thing. We carry a martyr energy. We carry an energy of suffrage. Like, oh, 
I'm the one over here suffering and you're out there having so much fun. I am in power because I get to resent you. I get to be angry. I get to be pissed off. You just, you go out there and just do you. And I'm just going to be over here cleaning the dishes all angry like, huh. when really all that's missing is an action on behalf of yourself. What am I willing to ask for? Okay. It would feel so good for me to do yoga one night a week. Okay. What would that require? Well, have to be home every day at 5:45 to get dinner and put the kids to bed and I would have to I would leave the house by 5:50 to make it to the six o'clock class. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's see if that's doable. Right? I'm gonna ask for it. I'm gonna recognize the desire and then I'm gonna ask for it. I'm gonna follow through and I'm gonna show up for myself. And then when he goes to poker the next night, I'm not gonna be resentful, I'm not going to be angry because my needs have been met because I am fulfilling my own desires. I am making my own plans. I am showing up for me rather than choosing to be the victim or to be resentful. I'm going to use that energy and transmute it into positive action. I'm going to take all of that fire that I have in here. That's like ah, showing up as angst and resentment and dissonance and space inside my relationship, I'm going to take all that and I'm going to healthily apply it to myself. Okay. And I did this and I did this over and over and over again. Do you know what happened after I prioritized myself? My partner was like, wow, you love you. You love me. You love the kids. You love everything because here's the thing. When I showed up for me, I didn't resent anybody else. I wasn't angry that I didn't have time to journal because I made the time to journal for me. I wasn't pissed off when I didn't get to go off a girl's night because I scheduled the girl's night for me. You have to be willing to show up for yourself inside of your relationship. If you expect other people to show up for you inside of your relationships, you set the standard. When I raised my standards, all of the standards changed. Everyone rose with me. My business rose with me. My body rose with me. My energy, my marriage, my sex, everything rose with me when I chose me. Are you choosing you inside your relationship? Right? So let's start by defining what it would mean to you to be fully empowered within your relationship. What would it feel like for you to be able to ask for support whenever you needed it? What would it feel like for you to be able to clearly communicate exactly what you desire within your relationship? What would it look like for you to be able to communicate what you desire outside of your relationship? Right? Babe, I've been thinking, I want to, I think I want to quit my job. Or like, babe, I've been thinking and I think I'm really ready to invest in a coach. Or babe, you know, I've been thinking and I think I'm really ready to finally start that side hustle, that gig that we've been talking about. I think I'm ready, right? Or babe, I've been thinking and I think I want to start like exploring outside of our marriage. Whatever comes up for us as a desire, we are fully in our power when we feel like we can communicate it to our partner without being judged without being criticized or critiqued, without risking losing love, 
right? Because when we look at love within a relationship, we're saying to the other person, or we're trying to say to the other person that I love you and I love you freely. I love you freely and without my expectations needing you to be a certain way, I love you anyways, right? And the thing is, as we move through this work, what you're going to find is that in a relationship, every partner always has a choice, right? So I may say to my partner, hey, I want to quit my job and move to move to Jamaica and sell bracelets on the beach. And he then has the opportunity to say, you know what? I don't want to move to Jamaica and live on the beach. Like, I don't like hot climates. I don't want to leave this place. This, this is my home. I like it here. And then he gets to make a choice, right? But I have empowered myself by speaking my desire out loud, by owning it, speaking it, and I'm ready to take action on it, and I'm inviting him into it. And then he or she gets to make the choice to move on, to move on with me or to move on in a different direction, okay? What is disempowering for yourself and for the other person is when you don't, A, allow yourself to make the choice for you, right? So you shove the desire down, or you don't let the other person make the choice for themselves. This is when we begin to limit each other within the relationship, right? This is when we start to take the power away from our truth and we start to live in misalignment, right? Oh, I... I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't ask for that because that wouldn't make sense for a family or I know he wouldn't want that or I know she disagrees with that or, you know, like we don't even allow ourselves to explore the opportunity. We don't even allow ourselves to have the conversations because we're too afraid of the outcome, right? We're too afraid of what might happen. Right? And here's the thing that we need to know. Here's the thing that we need to know about desires, especially within a relationship, is that they get to change and that they won't all look the exact way that you desire them to look. Hey, babe, I want to move to Jamaica and sell bracelets on the beach. Well, when we got together and started dating, that wasn't exactly our vision for our life. So, you know, I'm a little... uh, I don't know about that right now, but can we compromise? Can we talk about this, right? Can we bring this conversation up and can we move through it together? Is that really what you want? Would that work for our family? Is the family working for you, right? Like when we bring the desire into conversation, then we can actually look at it to say like, how do you feel about this? How do I feel about this? Does this work for our situation? No, actually. No, it doesn't. And what I desire more than being on that beach in Jamaica is being together as a family. So like maybe we put that on the shelf and talk about it in 15 years, 10 years, whatever it is. But the truth has been spoken out loud. When we feel suppressed in our relationship, when we feel like we're not being heard, when we feel like we're not being seen, we don't allow ourselves to show up and express these things because 
oftentimes we, the thought or feeling of like, he's not going to hear me anyways. He's never going to listen. He can't even take the garbage out, right? He's never going to accept this because he's already told me he'll never leave his job, right? We, we take the actions that we've seen before. We take the actions that we know to be true for our partners and we, uh, we adapt them. We assume them right? So all the ways that we know our partner to be, well, these are all the reasons that this will never work. He'll never let me invest. He'll never let me do this. But here's the thing. If you're not willing to stand up for what you really desire, if you're not willing to stand up for what you need, like I just, I need five minutes to sit alone by by myself right now to process these emotions and have a shower. That is what I need in this moment, right? If I can't communicate that, then this is no longer about my partner not showing up for me. It's about me not showing up for me. Once I clearly express what I need, once I clearly say, you know what? Right now, what I really need from you is just five minutes of space to go allow myself to move through these emotions and to have a shower. And then I can come back and we can sit together and we can discuss this. But right now, I just need five minutes of space. If he or she cannot respect that boundary or your need in that moment, then we've got a situation, right? Then we've got a situation. If the need is being communicated and it's not being honored or respected, then we take that to the next level, okay? But as long as I am the one who is sitting over here, mulling over my own desires, not being able to identify, figure out, and communicate what I truly want for myself, then the problem belongs to me. Diving in to one of our favorite talks. Sexuality, receiving pleasure. Yeah. This topic has kind of been a hot topic lately for us, I feel like. And I feel like a lot of the people in our community who have been doing the work with us for a while have really begun to tap into this realm of like, yeah, what does pleasure look like for me? What does pleasure mean to me? Am I open to receiving it? And then, you know, when we start to tap into these questions, I almost feel like there's always so many other questions, right? Like, where am I blocking pleasure? All of these doorways that we want to begin to open for ourselves. You know, we, we did, um, podcast pleasure as a portal that touched on this a little bit but i think inside of this group and inside of this space we can start to tap into this even more and to look at this the link between sensuality and sexuality and our ability to expand our energy and our ability to really understand what it means to receive in terms of sensuality and sexuality we teach about this so often and like to, to get us started out, out of the floodgates, there is a huge difference between sensuality and sexuality, right? And just like society loves to like 
create this taboo around the word desires. I mean, I desire an apple. There's nothing taboo about wanting an apple. It's the language that you choose to use, right? And for me, when I started to use the word desire really consistently and openly and all the time, it felt weird for me. But I, if I desire to be in this realm of soulful creation and devotion to my desires, then I'm going to start using that language, right? And I remember that the first time I ever used that word with Dunk, I, I kind of like looked at him like, is he going to notice? Is he going to say something? And he never did. And, and I use the word so often now, people comment on it all the time all the time because it feels like it's this thing that's like it's so crazy like the power of this language it feels like this thing that's like this intimate or that's this like naughty that's this like <gasps> forbidden like oh you're like active like using the words activated desire pleasure sensuality like we're like um that that doesn't feel comfortable are we allowed to talk about things like this mm-hmm and I feel like literally like even using the word desire, like it makes me feel sexy. It makes me feel like in my power. It makes me like, it just like is this full body activation. Yeah. And so again, the word desire can awaken your sensuality, right? It can activate a pleasure filled part of you. So if we talk about sensuality, and what that means and how it's disconnected from sexuality for a minute, then let's sort of start to tie all of these things together, right? Because sensuality is really like the awakening of your senses, it's that feeling of divinity, of um, like being alive in your body, of being awake, right? Being turned on, being activated. It's like being able to see the beauty, stopping to smell something like you, you, uh, uh, there's like a scent all of a sudden in the woods or you're walking somewhere and you just like, you stop and you, you embody it, you smell it, you take it all in. Right. And when you're, when you're sensual, you allow yourself to be triggered by things, right? It's like you allow your body to remember, right? How often does a song or a smell or a sound even? It was funny the other night, um, my neighbors and I were hanging out outside and we heard the sound of the ice cream truck. And Melissa, my neighbor was like, is that an ice cream truck? And I was like, what else could it be? You know, and all of a sudden, I saw myself at my first house as a kid. I saw myself on my grandparents' street. I saw myself in Oakville at my in-laws house, like all of these three really clear places that I remember visiting an ice cream truck at three very distinct different times in my life came flooding back into my body, right? Only um, a body that's awakened can allow their senses to activate and trigger memory, to feel something, to really embody an emotion, right? So when our sensuality is shut down, we can't remember or we can't feel, or we can't tap into, right? So if your sensuality is shut down, then it's really hard to identify what your desires are in this moment. And this is like what we're talking, stimulating senses. Like this is what we we're doing yesterday with vision boards, right? We're stimulating like, our, like that visual sense. We're stimulating the things that we see. Robin's talking about, you know, the things that we hear. So like the sound of the ice cream truck, 
the things that we feel, the like, you know, the luxurious blanket, the sweater, the silky lingerie, whatever it is, it's like another sense. For me, language is really powerful. So we talk about words like desire, Rob, you like really like sped over, you're like, oh, turned on. Like using that word, like feeling turned on in my life, feeling turned on when I walk down the street, apart from being like sexually turned on, but just being turned on by the world, being turned on by the beauty, you know, that's like when we open our eyes. Yeah, and I really believe that this is a choice that we get to make, right? That it's it's not, you know, Duncan and I have this conversation quite often, actually, because we both like we seek to enjoy life, both of us. And, and in such different ways, we love the same things and we have the same goals and we want to do a lot of the same things, but we enjoy them completely differently, right? We enjoy them for completely different reasons. And we we're having this conversation. I don't even remember what it was about, but it was, it was recent. And it was like, I, like, I choose to feel and see the beauty in like, every single little moment, like every single small little thing, like the smallest thing I see the beauty in. I like want to embrace it and remember it as a memory. Whereas he is completely different, right? And it's not that he doesn't appreciate moment to moment, but it's just that he's looking at it or experiencing it in a completely different way than I am. And Sometimes I wonder if, well, and actually I don't know if we've ever really studied this or thought about this, but if that really like mass, well, I mean, we know the answer to this, but when you're, when you're really in your masculine energy, like really, really defined by your masculine to shift into your sensuality, it is really a hard thing to do right? It's really like, it has to almost be super calculated. It has to be really well thought out. It has to be planned. It has to make sense. It has to be at a logical time in a logical space. It can't be this like spur of the moment, spontaneous beauty or memory. It's got to be on my timeline, right? You almost have to like have control over it. Yeah, well, I can tell, like, from even, like, my own experience, I feel like this is a thousand percent true. Like, pre-spiritual smackdown, when I wasn't in touch with, like, my feminine energy, the divine feminine, I was, I would also say, yeah, I wasn't in touch with the, with my sensuality. Like, sexuality, yes, not sensuality. I didn't, like, see the beauty. And I remember, actually, like, really consciously as I was doing my soul work, as I was stepping into feminine energy, I was like, oh, how do I, like, how do I shift and activate these senses? How do I start? scene and I was um you know reading a return to love which I you know my my go-to book that started my spiritual journey and and this felt like this was actually felt really good for me at the time so I was like I don't even know how I've been living this way and operating this way for so long you know it's like how do I shift how do I start to see the beauty how do I start to like really live in the moment and um there's like a part in that book that talked about really seeing the world through like childlike eyes through the curiosity through the touching through the taking things slow and i was like oh it just like even there i'm like oh like taking that deeper breath like slowing down knowing that we don't have to like always like rush on to the next thing allowing to be in that being energy i feel like also really can 
you know, invigorates our senses, our sensuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the way that our society is going now, um, well, I, I think that this is beginning to change now, but the way that our society has been, this is one area, one part of the human experience that has been shut down, right? And not been made important. So mm-hmm. let's tap into how we can begin to expand our own sensual awareness and how to really shift that into even like t- when we're talking about sensuality in terms of sexuality, right? Because sensuality, if it's the awakening and the heightening of your senses, then if you can imagine that your sensuality is shut down and you can't experience beauty and pleasure and joy and really feel things in your own life, well, if that part of you is shut down, then what what is your sexual experience, right? How much of your sexual experience are you really embodying or enjoying or receiving? And this to me was a huge realization when I started to notice like, oh yeah, I'm so stuck in my masculine. I'm so driven by certain things that even sex has an agenda, right? Even like the act of pleasure has an agenda. And so if we begin to like tap into and like kind of deconstruct the beliefs that we have around what it means to be a sexual being, what it means to tap into our own sensuality, then we can begin to unbind some of this, unbind some of the beliefs and start to um, reconnect with our sensuality. Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at ForTheWildFemme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang. So come join the combo there. And we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise. Love you, ladies. If you resonated with the messages in this podcast, we would love if you left us a review on iTunes or if you shared this with your community, you can tag the Femme Podcast on Instagram. If you're wanting to take this work just a little bit deeper, hop inside the weekly. Every week we meet, we've got guest coaches covering a wide array of topics on personal growth, development, to really help you sink into living your best life, to curating the lifestyle that really sets your soul on fire and choose what you pay. So you can pay whatever you like, $11, 33 or $77 for the entire month. You also get access to all of the recordings. Go take advantage every single month. We also donate part of the proceeds to a change-making organization. So while you are giving back to yourself and really connecting yourself with an incredible community, you're also giving back to the world. So we love you so much. We can't wait to see you inside that community to make change, to spark Uh, more collective love together. And as always, we're so appreciative for you and we love you so much. So thanks for listening and we'll see you right back in this same place next week.